0: through all right there every place. Okay.
1: I'll
0: wake you up when I'm finished. I want to tell you, if I had a voice like you have, I'd be up here singing my way all night instead of making this lead, I'll tell you that.
1: Thank sure. Insurance companies will make you seven to five on <laughs> I some time ago that I thought was written especially for me, and it uh, it goes like this. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it, and that threw me to a T, because I repeated the same Maybe that there was something far more sinister. to um, tell me that um, I don't start asking God to um, take away these shortcomings in my life. And I thought, how's he going to do that? I don't have any shortcomings. And then you came after me to, you finally got me to the point where I started getting um, truthful with myself. Thank very excited as I started my freshman year of high school, it was a time to meet new friends, experience new activities, and a time in my life when it was time to think about girls. And so I surveyed the uh, student body and found the prettiest girl. sophomore through homesteading. And we've been homesteading ever since. Of a full-fledged alcoholic. I'd become to the point where everything I did worked out better if I had a few drinks to kick it off. And then it was on to college. The year was 1941. It was the year that our country my parachute Wings, on the county boroughs, and it was a company from Torbany, Georgia. It was the first time in my life that I thought I ever had enough money to get married. So I Thank you. When I would come home from post uh, in the evening, I would stop hanging for others. Thank you. is The account. i want drinks for everybody who stayed i to me while i was celebrating to return home. And once again, it, it, i again my return home. And I'd to a I'd myself i in like into other a like just to make sure I was going to be successful. And after a few years of working so hard and so long, um, my mid-occupation became... i uh-huh. It was something I did almost every night. But I said, uh, "Sure, Dad. I'm only stopping in here for one quick drink, and I'll go right home." I knew when I said that it was a lie. I walked into that Eagle's Club room. It was the only time I ever met my dad. Although he was a member there, it was the only time I ever saw him in those club God was saying to me, I'm giving you one more chance. That lost her father. That is an old child. I came home sober. I so terrified those two little boys of ours that they were running high over their parents' apartment so they didn't have to look at a drunken father. I remember one time early in the evening, um, just as I was getting ready. She said, and God, please help my daddy that he stops drinking. I a beautiful sight for almost anyone that the grandma lost. My thought was, well, here I am working so hard and so long. each month to pay the rent on the groceries. And I would pilfer that apartment until I could find enough money to go out again and drink. She had to rely on her parents to help us out. The only reason we didn't get thrown out in the street is we were ready from Support. And it's important. And the other reason I still have it. friends is pride. is a terrible thing. some of the first grade in St. Louis. about okay. since he doesn't want to make this divorce case. was a operationally. You must be ready to go on a moment's notice. sure he put close attention to what I was ordering and started out with a coat. Few weeks he released me and pronounced me physically fit. Although there's was probably a question in his mind how I was going it. I was still prepared for putting whiskey in my body every day for seven years or better. I was with she and our boys and me sober. There was no way I could fail this program. I had a spot show sure Getting these people. I thought he was. I thought he was talking about. She said one day, she said, I got to the bill from our lawyer. And I said, Well, it probably can't be very much. All she did is make a phone call. She said, Well, it's $75. In a sign, I thought this is why we were She said, "Well, how much?" As a minister, I had no idea how much. But somehow we saved enough money to be clear both loans. There's no dues or no fees. dollar thirty two cents prices for everything else there so you know what you got I was surprised when one evening when Dot said me, You know, I feel bad. I enjoyed drinking. At one point in my life, it was fun. I really enjoyed a, a party where we had lots of drinks, had a good time. And I was the saddest guy around when the party broke up and we had to go home. And I had to face reality again. I wanted that party to just keep going and going. I heard the story once about a guy who felt the same way. His name was Mike. Mike was Irish, of course. And on Saturday afternoons, it was his custom to go down to the local pub and have a few pints. And then he would return home. On this particular Saturday, he's, he's returning home. And he passes a large house. And it happens to be a funeral home. And he hears the voices inside who sounds like everybody's having a good time. So, curiosity gets the best of him. He goes in the house and he sees that Irish wake in full bloom. He goes back to the Back room where the servant of good Irish whiskey and he has a few drinks. And then, out of respect to the deceased, he comes out and he looks at the coffin and pays his respects. And he keeps doing this back and forth and back and forth. Finally, in the weekend, we are for the morning, this lady comes up to him and she says, Young man, she says, I see you more than anyone respects to my beloved Patrick. And she said, maybe you can help me." And Mike says, sure, lady, what's your problem? She says, well, you see, I don't know whether to marry Patrick or have him cremated. And Mike says, "How lady, stuff him, and let's keep this party cold. Stay yes. yeah. time, they threw their last football in college. We attended every game. And I was part of the family. It was so good being part of the family. I wanted to be part of that family for so long, and my pride wouldn't let me. And when they went off to school, we had such a good time. I think our car could have driven to the Butler campus without a driver. They'd gone there so many times in four or six years. And they always asked us to be part of of their life while they were away. They would call and make sure we were going to get to the game on time. They would introduce us to to their friends. And they would always say, this is my mom and this is my dad that not for courage in my ears. It was so good to hear those things. And after the game, they would invite their friends to dinner. They'd let me go along. they let me pick up the check. <laughs> and they still called. They still call and ask us to go to dinner. Nothing's changed. <laughs>
0: They would let me walk with them over the 50-yard line on Dad's Day, a quarterback on either side, two boys that were no longer afraid to run and hide from their father. Boy, what a good feeling. Our oldest son, Stark was in pharmacy college, and he asked me one, one day to come and give a um, talk on alcoholism to the pharmacy college as part of um, their drug abuse program. And as I got ready to speak, I looked the front row, and there was our two boys in front of all their new friends. They were not ashamed.
1: I an alcoholic. That's a great feeling, my friends. And so, with your help in this program, you have given all these things back to me. This past winter, we had some time to do some reading. I took a few books along. I took my big book along. We just finished a great workshop in December, and um, I thought it would be good to review some things again. I did the usual 164, and I read a few personal stories. Always built up as Dr. Bob's nightmare. When I put down the book, Bob said, Do you mind? And I said, Don't be my guest. So she picked it up a few days she had read it cover to cover. I can go on works. I didn't say anything until she was finished. And when she put it down, I said, Well, what do you think? She said, What surprises me most is the amount of spiritual content that's in this book. 4th edition makes some no bones about what our future is in this program. It spells out from page to page the spiritual content and the spiritual life that is in store for us. Because this is alcoholism is only the symbol of my disease. So it is that sobriety is but the symbol of my recovery. My real recovery. And that of all of us is the spirituality of this program. I get sick and tired and I hope you do. I imagine you do too. Of all people. Standing up to your Breaking about their great-grandchildren. They go on and on. It's disgusting. We have five. Five of God's most beautiful creations. Megan is the only She's 10, and she's a pretty good lady. It was only 15 minutes ago that Papa Lai stood over her crib and marveled at our first great-grandchild. Time is God's gift to us that we might get a chance to know Him better. Time is also a thief that steals away those precious moments and leaves us only with a memory. And I remember when Maggie was three, on a warm spring day, she was outside helping her mommy plant flowers along the driveway. And of course she had her little bucket and shovel and she would emulate what Beth was doing. She would take her little shovel and dig a hole, but she didn't have any flower floorboards to put in the hole. But she found some pebbles along the drive, and she would put a pebble in each one of the holes and cover it with soil. And the best up this she said, I guess we those are stones you're putting into those holes, and stones won't grow. he said, they will if you give them enough love. And today, when we drive to their home and pull into the drive, and we see this house number on that huge boulder. I am in total awe and the power of God. <laughs> uh, almost every, almost every meeting that we have, the subject of a spiritual experience gets into the conversation, and we hear it said. By many of you. Yes, I've had a spiritual experience. But of course, I can see lightning and the flashes and all that stuff. But I did have a spiritual experience. But I think we equate the lightning with the conversion of St. Paul. Paul before he was uh, converted to Christianity, his name was Saul, and he was a highly decorated soldier in the Roman army. And on this occasion, he is traveling with artisans and to proceed to Damascus and persecute. And God, in order to get his attention, strikes him with a severe lightning bolt. It kills his horse, throws him to the ground. His sword is rendered to a pile of ball and steel. The armor is ripped from his body. And for the first time in his life, He lies there, hopeless, helpless, powerless. How many of us in our darkest moment lie there, hopeless, helpless, and powerless? And you say you haven't been hit by God's lightning bolt. Sure you have. You just weren't writing I'm sure we're all familiar with the life of Jesus Christ when he went around in public for the last three years of his life on earth. The first thing he did was gather 12 men to himself. Jesus. And when Jesus hears this, he says to the crowd, Thousand years ago, and God hasn't changed one bit. The scales of private prejudice. Okay. <laughs> and the people that I wanted to be with. And the shield was so powerful with my pride that I couldn't bring myself to tell them I was sorry and I wanted a chance to do better. I could not bring them myself to make that simple passage in Paris that really catches my attention goes like this. Saint Teresa, give me your childlike faith to see the face of God. centuries went together when she was just a young lady. And she is affectionately known as the little flower. She's a patron saint of the rose. And since she grow some roses, she's my favorite. Here's Okay. I've been wondering God was for such a long time. I only thought of it as some abstract being that was untouchable, unseen. And here it was right in front of me at every AA meeting I had pretended. and I could see the face of God at an AA meeting. I see him when you hold up your hand and acknowledge that this is your first one. And I see him when you have a broad smile on your face and you say, I just got my job back. And I see him when you get up to make your first lead and you humbly humbly start out. I say, I know I'm gonna be very nervous this evening. I see when you form a circle and you take my hand and we say his prayer together. But a want to I think it was. As we started our, our meeting. You know how it starts, Chairman says anybody have a topic? And a dead hush comes into the crowd. Someone said, "Let's talk about prayer." And before that meeting ended, the face of God was in every experience from everyone who participated. It was a beautiful meeting. Our second oldest we knew this was coming. Our second oldest is Carter. He's a little boy, six years old. The gets a piece of work. He's just entering the first grade. Heaven forbid. When he was four, he would attend uh, day school uh, at the YMCA. And on the evenings when his mommy was working late, his grandma would pick him up. And on this particular evening, when Marianne comes into the classroom, Marianne's a uh, retired school teacher, and she doesn't miss much in the classroom. First thing she sees is the American mark by her name. And she asked the teacher, why has Carter have that bad mark by his name? The teacher says, well, this afternoon I asked him to do something and he didn't do it. And then I said, Carter, I'm going to count to three. And by that time, I expect you to do it. Well, she said, I counted to three and you still didn't do it. That's why the bad mark Marianne puts him in the car and she is furious. All the way home, she is reading the right act of this kid like only a school teacher can. When she gets him home, she's finished and she says, I don't ever want to see a bed marked by your name again. Do you understand me? And he says, Yes, ma'am. I understand. And she says, Well, oh, that's better. Now what do you got to say for yourself? And he says, she should have counted to five. <laughs> so just remember the morning when you get out of bed and the first thing you're going to do. Just turn your will and your lives over to the care of God again for another day. Do it on the count of three. Don't wait till five. Jesus says to us, I am the truth and the life and the way. He gave us the truth when we entered with our He gave us the life Program. And now he's trying to give us the way. And the way is so important. Uh, after I got sober, uh, I would uh, go past St. Louis uh, before I get to work at 8 o'clock. I would go in and say some prayers there. Leave and go to work. <clears throat> and the people were coming into eight o'clock past while I was sleeping. One morning, as I'm leaving, a lady comes to Paris. And I know her I knew her very well. And I said, good morning, Claire. And she did. At me, she just looked straight ahead. And when we passed, she said, You're going the wrong way. How many times I've gone the wrong way. In closing, let me just talk for a moment about a poem that Robert Cross He talked about his walk in the woods of this path which he had many times and this particular day he noticed that the path branched off into two paths and he had a decision which ones to take which ones he would take and it's sort of reminiscent of our own life because when we came on this program we had a decision of which path we were going to take And we looked at one path and we saw it was traveled by many people. It was easy to traverse. It was wide, smooth. It had many places along the way that could help us achieve our goal in life. And then we looked at the other path and we saw that it was very scarcely traveled. We could see mountains of pride in the distance. We could see the valleys. The prejudice, the undergrowth of jealousy, the swamps of self-indu- self-indulgence. And we knew it was going to be hard to travel. And a voice inside us helped us make the decision. As the voice said, take the difficult path. Because it's not what you achieve in life, but what you overcome that pleases me. And we saw that this path was going to be so treacherous that we couldn't complete it until we had exhausted our time on this earth. And the voice said at the other end, the reward is great. Jesus says to us, "Wherever two or more you are gathered in my name, I am in your midst. He is with us in the seeking. Speak to him; he wants to hear from you. For you are a people."